At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Matt Liner, and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Get Michael Castillo on the phone. <laughs> Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe USB is five and seven and not going to a ball. Oh. All right, Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. This is a car cast, the first car cast of the football season. Sort of, kind of. We'll call it the football season because it's Pac-12 Media Day. We're going to talk about what went down at Media Day for USC and for the Pac-12. Break it all down here, give you our reactions, as we always do in a car cast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansided.com. And our phone number is 213-373-1USC. Suck it, What's Bruin Show. I totally forgot. I always forget, but you, you, you got me there. I normally am the one who forgets. I know. And this time I was the one who remembered, and that's the important bit because I was the one who had to come in and do the do the the harmony with you. Well, I saw your face start to do it, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're doing it's it. It's happening. It's happening. Yep. So yeah, I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Alicia Daratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, first car cast of the year. Yeah. It's been a while. It really has been because we didn't have a bowl game car cast. So No, I don't remember what happened in the bowl game. It's been so long ago. It's it it's gone the way of the Sun Bowl. Or maybe better than the Sun Bowl. I I think they they won the bowl game, I think. They they won the bowl game that they didn't play. They didn't lose the bowl game. That's right. They didn't play in a bowl game. Maybe it's gone the way of the two thousand six Rose Bowl? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Anyways, we were at Pac-12 Media Day in Hollywood, over at Hollywood and Highland. Fourth straight year it's been there. You and I had the a, a conversation on the drive over there. I like that it's there, and I don't like that it's there at the same time. I like the setup, knowing what it is, knowing how the situation works. Being familiar with it is great. Uh, feeling like you know where to go and all that stuff is awesome that it's in an absolute tourist trap sucks every year yeah but i guess i guess my question would be that no matter where they put it 
it'd probably be a pain to get there. Just like because it's a pain to get everywhere in Los Angeles. Sure, but I feel like it's easy. It was cooler when it was at the studios. It was cool at the studios, but moving to different studios and like doing different like, I guess it was cool, but it was also more you were more able to get lost. And my big thing all the time is how comfortable am I in a place? And like you said, when when this is the fourth year they've done it in the same place, that means it's the fourth year that I've gone to it. Which means that I know exactly where to. I mean, granted, I still can't figure out which elevator I'm supposed to take. But once I mean, you get the, the listeners at home are getting a little insight into how awkward and weird we are as human beings. That this is this is our a, conversation. This is a, a a talking point. Yeah, and B it strongly affects our opinions. Of hey, them. at least it's not Trader Joe's. This is true. <laughs> but what have you been eating at Trader Joe's? I haven't been. I've. I cannot remember the last time I went to Trader Joe's. I. I can't remember. I've, I don't think I've ever gone to Trader Joe's by myself. And by the way, we're, we're not supported by Trader Joe's, but no, Trader Joe's not. is great. But yeah, yeah, we could be if we, they wanted us. Sure. <laughs> uh, we we were we were joking with our good friend uh, Keely Yor of USCFootball.com about talking about Trader Joe's all the time. Uh, anyways, to get back on <laughs> back on topic. To get back on topic here, um, I think the interesting thing about Pac-12 Media Days, hearing from people that you wouldn't necessarily hear all the time, hearing different perspectives from different teams, and then hearing what USC does and talking to those guys and getting some sort of sense of where the team is from the offseason, going over the news and notes and all that stuff that you get from there and piecing it together and then spending the day writing about those things and generating content about those things what sucks and this is going to be you know first world uh you know media people complaining usc going last really puts a damper on things because we get there at you know 8 a.m for larry scott's address and then sc doesn't go until like 4 4 30 or whatever it was yeah it's 3 50 it's a long day it's just is. waiting waiting on the plus side, it's a long day of waiting, which means that you actually feel like you are going to talk to other people and talk to other players and stuff like that. Like right. not having any quotes yet to work with from USC means that I'm more likely to go listen to what, you know, Troy Dye has to say or, or what, what Bradley and I has to and say. And then you go viral because. Well, of your- I mean, I only went viral today because Utah went before U- USC. And I actually went to go. I I stood there for the entirety of, of Bradley and I's uh, little little scrim, scrum thing there. And that was the highlight of the day. The highlight of the day was Bradley and I dropping what was a quote. Like somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter. Like it was a quote of somebody else. It was a quote of some like disc jockey in Utah or whatever. But it was still a great quote. So I asked Bradley and I about playing in BYU, playing in Provo, specifically because USC is about to go do that. And so I was curious about, like, what is the atmosphere there? And so he said, and I quote, there's nothing worse than playing in front of 60,000 sober white people. <laughs> and I quoted that on Twitter. He was quoting somebody else, but he was still, you know, he was still spreading that message. And I, I put that on Twitter. It, as of the rec- this recording, it has 291 retweets, 1,044 likes. It is my most prolific tweet. Of all time. And are you, you going to frame it? That's the question. I'm quite proud of it. Because, okay, Bradley and I said that. 
And our buddy Kyle Kensing was there in that scrum with me. And like he was saying afterwards, like he was there for it. And it was hilarious. And I was just like, it was a full belly. Like he said it. And I threw my head back laughing. Like it was just a, a killer, killer line. And Especially when you're not expecting it. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. To, 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 to lay the, the, to set the stage here, Bradley and I is a very soft spoken um kind of kind of person like he reminds me not not quite Troy Palomalu level but he he also has a similar kind of where you have this you know defensive lineman who's fierce on the football field but also very mellow I mean he's he's from Hawaii so there's sort of like that islander vibe of just like chill like cool like I'm not he wasn't he didn't give a ton of emotion at any point and then all of a sudden he like deadpans that line and like it's just it was just the funniest thing. So kudos to Bradley and I for dropping the line of the night. Yeah, there you go. And then I weirdly went viral in Nebraska Twitter. It happens. U- Utah Twitter and Nebraska Twitter are certainly know, more reliable than USC Twitter. Uh, I was in the Justin Herbert scrum and somebody was asking him about loud venues. It wasn't even my question. And he said that there's no place louder than Nebraska. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting thing. I'll, I'll tweet that. And I tweeted and like Nebraska, Nebraska Twitter, people, Nebraska Twitter, it, they, they roll deep, yep. um, just like Utah Twitter. Um, but let's talk about USC Twitter and talk about USC in the Pac-12 media day. Uh, yeah, we had to wait forever. I think we got some good stuff. I was hanging around Michael Pittman a lot and I learned a lot about um, what he, like his view of the culture change that USC is going through. Um, and one of my biggest takeaways from him was he he was he was asked about you know SC being down and whatnot and he rejects that strongly. He does not like that people think that SC is down um, because he takes it personally. I think a lot of people do, um, and he doesn't want to be essentially he doesn't want to be on the team when when the team goes down the drain. He, he doesn't want people to be able to say, oh, uh, SC sucks and, you know, Michael Pittman was on the team when they sucked or whatever. So he takes it personally to the point of he's going to do anything and everything to make sure that SC stays being SC. And he didn't say it in a me, 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 me sense. I think you could read it that way, but it wasn't that way at all. It was mostly like he cares about SC so much to the point that he does not want to see it, it tarnished and he, he he's taking ownership in it, which is, I think, exactly what you want from your senior, senior leaders. Yeah. And if you're Michael Pittman, if you didn't love USC as much as he does, he could have been out the door easily. Right. Yeah. Uh, he might not have gotten a great draft evaluation, but it's not like he was predicted to go undrafted. He he would have been somebody who could potentially have, have used his elite athleticism to just, you know, make it work. If he didn't believe in USC as strongly as he did. Um, so I think, yeah, no, that I think that's a great uh, mindset from him. And that is one thing that I did come away with in overall today is that I came into Pac-12 Media Day expecting not to hear anything. I expected to hear a lot of things that made me roll my eyes. And to be fair, media, you mean the cliches and, and cliches whatnot. and just sort of like the same old, same old and, you know, all of that, which to be fair, USC has never USC has always won media day like USC brings people to media day who say the right things every single time, every single year. So it's not like USC was ever going to lose media day. But 
I expected to be very much at the end of my rope with everything that I heard. And to be quite honest, I actually got way more out of USC's comments than than I thought I would. Um, I think that Clay Helton said about as much as he could say. Uh, there's not much that I had took. I took uh, offense to a couple things that Clay Helton said in terms of the eye rolliness, but not everything, which was nice. Um, and I had a really good conversation with Christian Rector that I was not expecting to have. And I feel like I got a ton of value out of that and learning more specifically about what the team is doing to turn things around, um, which is very positive. And I, and I want to call attention to something that uh, Brady McCullough, who is who, well, is slash will no longer be the uh, L.A. Times beat writer for USC. This is the last week on the job. Um, he's he's going off to do other things with the L.A. Times. But he tweeted uh, after media day, um, I've been feeling good about USC for a while now, and today only made me feel more convinced there's been a cultural shift. Okay, screw it. I like the Trojans to win the Pac-12. Not sold on Ducks and Huskies and Utes. And now you've got a bunch of pissed off talent in Troy. And honestly, like, I I couldn't agree more with, with Brady McCullough. Like, I don't know that things... I, I wish I had the soundboard, because I actually think that's optimistic. Optimistically. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like, I'm gratified that I'm not the only person who's felt this way, where, like, I'm inclined to buy into the culture change that they're talking about. Just... You know, looking Michael, looking Christian Rector in the eye, hearing from Michael Pittman, believing like Michael Pittman has been a consistent voice from day one about like Michael Pittman believes everything he says. And he may not always like be on top of it as far as knowing exactly like he, he might live in a dream world sometimes, but like he totally buys into everything he says. And I just think that the way that USC presented themselves today was rather positive and rather encouraging in in that I was looking for specifics. Okay, what is going to be different about this year? And I I was satisfied with the answers that I got, um, which, like I said, I was not expecting to come out of today satisfied at all. And I and I was. All right, devil's advocate. It's media day. It's media day. Yeah. A. B. What are what are they supposed to say? Yeah. C. I I don't disagree with the notion that you know Brady put forth and you you're doubling and tripling down on. I don't disagree that that's a possibility. I, I think that to ignore that possibility, I think it's just as reckless as saying that is 100% the case and, right. and you know, they're destined to win. And that's not what Brady's saying. That's not what you're saying, right? Right. But I, I think that it's a possibility for what USC can be. There, There's a narrative here that you can, or a, I don't say narrative like a media narrative. I, I mean, like, you can see a story coming together you can see an arc um, to, to talk about where, like fiction. Where like, 5 and 7 was a wake-up call. Where 5 and 7 was a wake-up call. SC comes together. Um, they do make the changes. And because they're so talented, they're in a situation where people wrote, wrote them off, but they forgot how talented they actually slight are. Slight improvement means 9 and 3. And, like, and that, yeah, and the slight improvement means 9 and, through, 9 and 3. Actual improvement means 10 and 2. Yeah. And, they end up in that boat, right? And they go to the Rose Bowl and they keep the Trump streak alive and all that stuff, right? I fully acknowledge that's on the table. It's but just not the big, it's not the biggest piece of the pie. And it's just as likely that SC has a redo of last year, which I think a redo of last year puts them at like six and six or seven and five, because I still think that five and seven was uh, not, not a fluke. I think it was unfortunate and very particular circumstances but i both of those things 
can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But it, again, it's the kind of okay. So with that big debate that we had in the main show this week about the media guide and whether or not it means anything that uh, that JT Daniels. But by the way, we, we got an email from from Ed. <laughs> from Ed in the Bay Area. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to that in the main show. Yeah. Uh, basically saying. Alicia, you're right. Michael, you're an idiot. My favorite thing about that email, just to stay on this for a second, is Michael gets that email on, what was it, Gmail? Yeah. It comes up on Gmail. Oh, and, yeah. And it has automatic like response options for you to click to just automatically reply. It was something like, wow, thanks, and I totally agree with you. <laughs> and the header for this is, Michael, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, good old, good old Google. I love the Google suggestions. Oh, more, more, more Google. Google suggestions are fun. Transcriptions, automatic transcriptions are fun. My new favorite automatic transcription is, I was transcribed, uh, we got a new automatic transcription thing that we're using now, which is amazing, but uh, Christian Rector talking about Aaron Osmus, who I'm actually going to talk about briefly in a second, too. Aaron Awesomeness is the way that uh, that the transcriber read it, which is my new favorite thing. To, to be fair, if you'd never heard of the name Osmus before, like if, you, if you'd, you're... You'd assume you're saying Osmus. an Angels or an Astros or a Tigers fan, you would easily awesomeness. think that it was Awesomeness. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, other things to discuss here about USC. Um, I'm basically just going to run down the takeaways or the or the big keys that we learned article that you can read on randatour.com right now, which was fun to put together because there are so many things I think that are worth discussing. Other USC-centric things are we, we learned the criteria for what Clay Helton is, is looking for in, in a quarterback. And I, I think that it's it's not a shocker, but I think it was worth him saying uh, things like decision making and, you know, the ability to adapt to the scheme and how quickly they, they, they pick it up. I, I think that that's important. We also learned that it's going to be 25 practices before they name the starter. They're not going to be naming the starter, um, you know, it, after the first week of fall camp. If one guy is way ahead, then they're not going to just end the competition right there. Uh, my only commentary on the quarterback situation at this stage is in the midst of talking to Christian Rector, he talked about all the reasons that this season would be different. And the thing he said was JT's in year two. Um, so I'm just saying, guys, the See, writing's on the wall. That makes more sense than yeah. the media guide. Yeah. Sorry, Ed. Just saying. Just saying. But, um, but no, yeah, my one gripe is the idea that they're going to wait 25 they want 25 practices to decide on who the quarterback is if they trim it to two who are in competition and have them go like that makes sense I guess but I really would prefer the starter whoever is going to be the eventual starter unless Jack Sears is making it real close like if if we're a weekend and we know it's JT just say it's JT and let him get all the reps that he can get now Trent uh, Goodrich, who came with us to uh, Pac-12 Media Day, who... Um, you heard on the pod last week. Yeah, who you heard on the pod last week and uh, was a big help to us today. He uh, was... I was talking to him about this and he was saying, because he was the one who was sitting, listening to Helton uh, more directly while I was talking to other people, but um, he was saying that, you know, one of the things is that they want to be able to do the um, split the field and do double up on the reps and that might be something that they're able to do this year because they have more depth. Um, I don't know how well that's going to work because they tried to do it briefly and then basically ran out of bodies to run it that way. But the new influx 
the new influx of defensive backs could help that. Um, they still might not have enough receivers to run it that way, but they certainly will have more than they had in the spring. So if they're able to split the field and do those sort of double rep things, then I'm more forgiving about the whole let's wait until the end of all the practices to name our starter. But honestly, like I really wish that they just pick somebody and run with them because I continue to, to think that the longer they wait, the less beneficial it is uh, in the long run. And I go back to uh, Nick Saban doesn't name his starters. Yeah, but Nick Saban has an established football team that wins national titles. He 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 gets that rope. I these this the whole thing. Nobody will give a damn about this. No, two plays into the Fresno State game, everyone will have forgotten all their opinions about the quarterback. Yeah, until JT throws an interception, two plays into the Fresno State game, and then sure, but uh, you gotta give him more reps. But I'm talking about the the situ the the procedure for it. I think is people you know critique the decision if things change like that. But I I, I don't know. I I go back to they're going to be running a, a better system for a quarterback, whoever it is. Great. I I I'm I'm more interested to see how the the DBs look, and I'm more interested. To see how this looks and how that looks, and understand that the quarterback is so important. But I maybe I'm nuts. I'm just I think you're a little nuts on this. As though the quarterback, like I get what you say when you say the quarterback in the system doesn't matter, but the quarterback being good in the system does matter. Yeah, whoever no, that I'm not, is. I'm not saying that the quarterback and doesn't. matter. You want to give again. It's all about putting players in position to succeed, and you want to give as many advantages as you can to your starter. And again, if Jack Sears is coming along in two weeks and he's making a push, then yes, let it go to the end of fall camp. Let it go to mock game week. But like I said, if if JT Daniels is far and away the best quarterback on the field in the first week of fall camp, in the second week of fall camp, then just, you know, we're not stupid. Just run with it. All right. All right. I'll, I'll rest my case there uh, for now. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and let's talk about the little news and nugget things that uh, Clay Helton informed us of at Pac-12 Media Day. We'll be right back. All right, Alicia, let's go into the little newsy type of things that we learned from Clay Helton about the Trojans. Uh, first things first, Daniel Montebebe, we knew that he wasn't on the roster. He wasn't in the media guide. We got a little bit of clarification, but I think we sit here both enlightened and maybe even more confused, which we can get into a little bit. Um, so Helton says he's doing well. I look forward to watching him in 2020 after saying that Daniel Waterbebe is going to spend the 2019 season uh, or school year uh, finishing up his master's degree. And that that is what he's going to do, focus on that instead of playing football. Uh, and that he looks forward to him playing in the 2020 season. He was then asked by Dan Weber of USCfootball.com somewhere else? Or, or what, what exactly did Dan say? D d yeah, Dan said something to the, to the effect of like somewhere else or in another place or something like that. And Helton kind of, it's... I, it's all very strange the way this whole situation has been strange from the get. Just won't say that 
you know, he's done playing for USC, except that don't close any doors. So if Daniel Lomadabebe isn't in the transfer portal giving a direct answer, even though he's off the roster, I don't know. I I don't think Daniel Amadebebe is ever going to play for USC again. Oh, so he didn't retire the drop too soon? No, no, I don't think so. I think it's gone. I think it's over. I think it's uh, done. Uh, I mean, just another player that was asked about was Aikili Ross. Like, somebody asked, like, what, so what's going on with Aikili Ross? And Helton's like, he's in the transfer portal. He's figuring out what's best, what's the best move for him next. It's been 11 months since Aikili yeah. Ross left. Yeah, so, left like, the program. I don't know what Aikili Ross is doing, but I can tell you he won't be playing for USC again. I just don't see it happening, even though Helton didn't exactly close the door on that one either. So, like... Yeah, I know. I I just let's just uncomplicate all of these things by saying that Daniel Amadebebe is gone, and he's not coming. Uh, other news that we learned from Clay Helton, um, you mentioned Akili Ross, uh, Levi. You can never say that one right. Um, from good news, you don't need to say it anymore. It's <laughs> true. Breaking news. Um, but it was the first time USC had sort of confirmed it there. Um, well, we assume back home to Washington because it's a family matter. Yeah, apparently he wants to be closer to home. Don't know what that family matter is, but, you know, when that happens, you just sort of wish players well. So hopefully he finds somewhere else to land. Yep. Uh, And then two cases of players coming back, Matt Fink and Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson was somebody that who just had the bone marrow transplant. Um, His his sister is dealing with diamond black fan anemia. Am I getting anemia? Anemia. Yeah. yeah the, the way you first tried to say it is exactly the way that everyone first messes that word up. But yeah, anemia. All right. Uh, and he's going to be back um, at some point soon. Uh, he, he they, They're going to try to ease him back. Sim- and Clay Helton mentioned Adoree Jackson, that how they eased Adoree Jackson into... So Ajax and Ajax. Yeah, it was interesting to me, though, that he how they're going to ease Austin Jackson back, because I I don't know that Austin Jackson needs that much time to get back. this preparing, for instance, the first week of camp, maybe Austin Jackson isn't really out there working and it's no reason to no need to like freak out or anything like that. But he hasn't gone through any of the conditioning that USC's other players have gone through. He hasn't gone through, you know, this Aaron Osmus, like, you know, killing people in the in the weight room and. And in these workouts, like Austin Jackson not, hasn't not literally, not literally, but like Christian Rector was now the like fourth or fifth player that I've heard say like, man, I died um, over these workouts. So um, it's it, you know it, Austin Jackson hasn't been a part of that because he's been dealing with this you know take to get back um, to full football uh, activities, but to be in football shape where he's where he's going to be able to run with the team essentially throughout all of the practices that they do. So that makes sense. Yeah, and then one other player who needs to get back in football shape is Matt Fink. Right. He had minor surgery on his lower body. Uh, we don't know exactly what that surgery was, but he had minor surgery. Uh, it's, look for him to try to come back by the start of camp. It might be a, a couple days off of that, but that's the goal. Yeah, Helton said that he should be back. But that, you know, might cut it close. They'll have more of an idea of that next week when uh, when they get their full health evaluations and and the like. But like I say, like Austin Jackson, he's another guy who hasn't been able to do the conditioning that USC has been doing. So that's going to play a role. All right. Last reactions about USC before we get into general Pac-12 stuff. 
Um, yeah, one thing that I wanted to mention um, that I really uh, enjoyed hearing about was Christian Rector talking about Aaron Osmus and the strength and conditioning program, but also the competition, the level, the levels of competition that are being added to the team. And this is something that I was very curious about because when we talked about the Notre Dame comparison, what did we talk about? That Notre Dame fired a bunch of coaches, rehired, hired a bunch of new people. And then also one of the big things that they did, one of the things that made the biggest difference for them was the new strength and conditioning coach came in and created locker room competitions. And that is exactly what Aaron Osmus has come in and done. Uh, Christian Rector said that he absolutely emphasizes competition. And one of the ways that that manifests is they've taken the team across all the different units and everything like that and split them up into four teams, which conveniently I'm now calling the uh, this is USC's version of the Hogwarts uh, house competition because you have four different teams. The, the, the but By the way, it's not a it's it's very much a camp thing. Yeah, but I'm choosing to make a Hogwarts reference because I'm a nerd, Michael. Okay, so that's fine. You're in four different teams, and each of those teams you get points for doing different things. You get points for being um, on time. You get points for, uh, com- you know, competing in in workouts and and all that kind of stuff. You get points for doing this, that, or the other thing. You get docked points for being late. You get docked points for uh, missing whatever assignments or, or anything like that. So so there's a point system that is that is uh, giving you um, consequences for all of your actions and your team has consequences for your actions. So you're keeping your brothers accountable as well. And then um, just specifically, Rector talked about the phone booth drill or the f- phone booth uh, fight that Aaron Osmus has them do, which is basically that um, they take they have like each the four teams like competing basically where you're doing the lifts on the rack and then like a cycle of them doing these these heavy lifts and it basically wears he's like like um the, like Christian Rector said but Rector was talking about how like it's made them get their conditioning in their weightlifting in and also do more than they ever thought was really possible and that's something that I know that Michael Pittman also got to was the idea of the workouts that Aaron Osmus is putting them through has made them do more than they thought was possible, that he wouldn't have realized that he could do these workouts um, this time last year. So that is all really, really positive stuff. And it's not just the platitudes of like, oh, you know, we're, we're, our buy-in is better, the, everyone's mentality is more on top of things or whatever. Like, no, there's actual real things that we can point to that are different this year that are challenging the players and whether or not those work out in the end we will see but at the very least these are tangible things that we can look at and say you know what even if things don't work out in the fall it's not because you didn't try something new and that's been my big thing yeah you you might as well try you might as well do what michael pittman was talking about do everything and anything to not be that team that lets the lets the program slide off the face of the earth. That, that's that's the point um, that USC needs to, you know, make for themselves. Um, by the way, I, I don't want to call it the Hogwarts thing. Call it like uh, Kent Minnewaka. I'm sticking with Hogwarts. All right. Whatever. Uh, let's go into Pac-12 talk. Sudden, yeah. Um... No, I, I want to talk about the Pac-12 and the news that we learned. First, the freaking ever. It was always expected to happen in 2020. Uh, and it is. I'm guessing this is a trial run. If they like it, I think it stays. 
Um, if step in the right direction, it completely revitalized everything for the basketball conference. A lot of the similar things. Mind you, the championship game is a, is a different beast than the basketball tournament because every team is involved in the basketball tournament. You can just set yourself up and be like, you know, you have a group of friends. We're definitely going to go to Vegas for the for the tournament, and hopefully our team makes it, right? No matter what school you're rooting for. Um, that's not necessarily the case here, but I think that it is Vegas makes it possible that there will be more neutrals that will give a damn. Well, and I don't even and, think it has to be neutrals. Well, it, it doesn't have to be neutral. It's a also. lot easier to convince your friends, let's go to the Pac-12 title game, if on you're going whim, to Vegas instead of Santa yes, Clara. On, on a whim, in, in a one-week thing, 100%. And and the other thing is, uh, like we put on RanchRoy.com, like Vegas is the most accessible city Universally, yeah, to to everybody, everybody in the entire, um, in the entire conference, it's the most accessible. Um, it's they have the most hotel rooms. They have, uh, the it, it's the easiest place like getting to, getting to, flights in or, or direct flights, whatever yeah, flights in are need, easy. You need to get there within a week. You're gonna find a way yeah. to do it easier there than anywhere else. Yeah. So ease of transportation, ease of accommodation. And ease of convincing. Like, yeah. worst comes to worst. No matter what happens to your team in the Pac-12 title game on that Friday, you're still in Vegas. Yep. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. So if you lose, technically, I mean, you, you just go, that, that go loss on, doesn't go home with you. You won't even remember that loss by the end no, of that night if I, you really I want to. I don't remember the 2001 Vegas Bowl. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you you certainly were. Enjoying a few. Yeah. But Knocking back some Diet Cokes. So officiating new so we're we really gonna call this new i i meant to look this up and i didn't look this up i probably shouldn't be speaking about this without looking it up so larry scott talked about like it was it's a consulting firm that they were talking about something simpson consulting firm well wasn't the like david simpson or something like that wasn't that the head of officiating before I have no idea who the head of officiating was then or now. All I know is that nothing that Larry Scott talked about with regard to officiating at Pac-12 Media Days meant a damn thing to me. No, so basically what he what he said is to come down to three things. Uh, number one, there's going to be like a long detailed manual uh, that everyone will get. The, the, the media will get it, so it'll go public. Uh... All the schools and the players and the administrators will get it. And it talks about all of the procedures that needs to go down. Um, they're also going to have more accountability and transparency. What that ends up being, I don't know. They mentioned that a, a pot- potentially a Twitter account like the SEC does. I'm wondering if that ends up being akin to what the NHL does. Uh, every review in the NHL, the Situation Room releases a little press release, which is basically a paragraph explaining the decision. So, um, in, in this game, there was yeah. no there was no goal because of this. You can explain away a targeting call that is technically targeting, but that's not sure. going to make anyone happier about the no. targeting call ejecting a player in a key moment in a game. No, but but the one that is weird, that... Um, and then that ends up being, you know, against the rule. See, I don't, I don't think it helps. I like what people not, not even heads to roll is for impossible things to happen. I.e., the only thing that the Pac-12 turned back time and ejected Port Augustine for the hit he put on Gardner Minshew. Like that's it. 
anything less than that, which again, that is impossible. Right. Is it's it's just you know it, it's surface level. It's well, band-aid. There's the Logan Tago hit on JT Daniels too. Yeah. So, no, I mean, but USC both, fans both teams got screwed in that sense. Yeah, but again, game. again, how are you gonna fix that? There is no fixing that. You're not going to go back and right. change the decision. So explaining why you made that decision isn't going to going to mean much. That's why I'm not taking any of these changes to mean anything. Well, the the other change is that the conference's head of officiating will now directly report to Larry Scott. Which means what? I I don't I that's a shrug for me. I yeah. I, I like that just seems logical to me. Yeah. Like that that should have already been the case. Yeah. I, um we we got a tweet that was like Larry Scott doesn't know anything about officiating, so why would he like dude, at some point it's gotta go to him. Like we were talking to her to right, her but also what what is what is gonna go to him? Sure. That that that's a question. It, it, it We but, didn't eject Port Augustine. Oh, okay. That's not good. Let's not do that again. Okay, done. Right. Are we going to change the results of a game? Hey, there's no. there's going to be no meddling, so there will be no meddling. Just believe him. I, I just. I don't know. The, I, the only thing the Pac-12 can do is get better at refereeing. And I, they've told us many, many years in a row we're putting more emphasis. Refereeing is an impossible task. A yes, in general. B, if they actually did get everything, every penalty. Or whatever, people always react to them being Pac-12 refs. And nobody cheers like, oh my god, that was a great... I've literally said that. It's like, but tw- like Twitter's I said, not going to come together. Li- you know what? Like I said, the referee, you, don't you don't mention don't them if them, you don't notice them. Yeah, they're like long snappers. Yeah. But that's why, like, I would just except, like... Except we hear about the refs. I would like the, the Pac-12 snappers. to be more consistent. But I also recognize that refereeing is an impossible job... And I know this across every sport I watch. Refereeing is an impossible job, so it will never be perfect. Yeah. Basically. Um, and then you're going to say that Liverpool gets always screwed, which is BS. Um, a lot of teams get screwed a lot of the time. Okay. And the team wears red. It's psychologically blown. Okay. Um, the other thing to mention from the Pac-12 is these morning games. The 9 a.m. games. The bane of my existence for two things. One, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that for any local team to play a game at 9 a.m. It's one thing if you're playing a road game on the road in a different time zone at 9 a.m. Yeah. That makes sense. Playing a game at 9 a.m. local time is absolutely asinine. But here we are. People have made such a big stink about the... about. Oh, no. People on the East Coast might have to stay up late. Yeah. So, because of this, this 9 a.m. thing apparently is potentially real. Um, I thought it was a great point, and I, I want to say it was Brady McCullough who made the point again, that you only get something out of that if it's moving a game into that Fox window, because we now know that Fox is going to have the 9 a.m. games. And they're doing this so that way they can have... Big 10 and maybe some Big 12 games there. Um, they're basically giving up on the Pac-12, right? Well, they want... No, they they have a new morning show that they are pitting up yes. against College Game Day and they want a game to lead into it. They want it to lead into a lead game. Lead into a game, but they also do not want to go head-to-head with ABC or uh, the SEC the on CBS. Game. Yeah. Yeah. 
which it makes complete sense. Yeah. But by doing that, they end up going all in on the Big Ten, the Big 12, which get better ratings than the Pac-12 anyways. So it makes complete sense for Fox. But it would only make sense for the Pac-12 if you're going to put a game that pe- that you're actually wanting people to watch. But again, I go to that case. If that's the case, yeah, putting USC on the road at Washington at 9 a.m. is great for someone who's on the East Coast. Yeah. Wonderful. It's not cool. good for anybody else. It's not better for your core audience, A. Like, and you're also putting your product on the field in an inopportune time because you're going to be sent to what the players and coaches said about this. They don't give a damn, which is, I think, the right thing for them. They just want to play football. They don't care what time it is. Right. They don't care what time it is, which is the right response. But that doesn't mean that, like, a physiologist couldn't well, tell you that this will have an mean, adverse effect on the product. It also doesn't mean that 9 a.m. is the best time. Yeah. It's not the ideal time to play a football game. That, no. that much is... It, so the players and coaches can be all behind it because they don't care. But it's not the the best play... Like, it's not ideal for the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 should just... I think the Pac-12 should embrace Pac-12 after dark, but whatever. Yeah. I'm... You're in the... You're in on the West Coast. Yeah. The time zone is what the time zone is. Yeah. I, I know there's people like, who listen to this fault. podcast from the East Coast... I'm sorry. It sucks. I get it. I, I wouldn't want to want to wait until 10 p.m. to watch a game either. I'm a Liverpool fan sucks. who has to wake up occasionally at 4 a.m. to is, watch my team. Which is my exact point. If yeah. you if you love USC enough, you'll do it. Yeah. And it sucks. And we're not saying you shouldn't moan about it because it does suck. Right. But also, it's what you've. But I also into. think it's ridiculous to cater everything to the playoff. It won't. It won't. No. SC played Fresno State. Did. One Reggie the Heisman. Regional TV. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode because I'm at 3% on my laptop. So That's not good. We need to end this thing. It's almost like you're, you know, not in a room with any outlets or anything like that. That would involve me getting up, <laughs> potentially moving the microphone, We've, creating uh, no. a... The bigger thing The bigger thing here is that it is a sweltering 90 oh freaking degrees in my room right now where we're recording this. It is unbearable. Yeah. Ooh, I am dead. Because somebody doesn't record podcasts with the air on. Well, it's... The sound quality is not ideal. And I know... See that, what... See what... See the suffering that we do for you, our listeners? For you, our listeners... Because we need to be perfect. We're, we're recording in a sauna for you, our listeners. Yeah. All right. Two percent. I, I got to shut this thing down. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening. As always, so go to subscribe on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Rain of Troy. See ya. Bye. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.